What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals along to Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Van Aken. Today, I'm joined by... Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? Hey, I like that we don't know what to do with our hands right now. Uh, yeah. For audio listeners, we've, we've had jazz hands. I had a regal yeah. wave. Um, we're just yeah. feeling handsy today. But in like a oh, non- not, not a bad, not, not yeah. in that way. Like in a, we're I mean, not touching we, other people. We're not in the same room. So I guess it's okay to no. feel handsy. Like none of us are in danger. Yeah. Of- we're just touching things on our desk. Yeah, exactly. Our desk is You know, like stimulation. Yeah. You get, you, we're, are you we're grounding ourselves in the moment. So are you stimulating your desk or are you getting stimulated from touching your desk? No, well, well, I wasn't trying to mean it that way. I was like, <laughs> you know, like you, you ever you have anxiety or you have a panic attack or, you know, a stressful situation. You like touch the things around you to like, to like ground, you know, almost you, you ground yourself and you like feel the stimuli of like, oh, this feels like fake wood. On my desk or this. Why did I? Oh, buy sorry, this? sorry. This no, was... this is mine. Totally feels like real wood. My desk. Okay, yeah. like I, th- I thought this was yeah. the finest mahogany, but it's like particle board. Yeah, but it, it grounds you, right? Sure. So, listeners, and if you're if you're listening to this at work, touch your um your desks at work. Touch the oh, I thought you're the countertop like... if you're listening to this while you're cooking. I thought you were going to do like a televangelist thing of like, reach your hand to the screen right now. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, um, And just be in this moment with us. Yeah, touch your desk. in this moment right here. And feel our energy and course through us. And also, if you could send us uh, five regular payments of $10.99 each month. Yeah. Or or you can just subscribe to us on Twitch. That's fine. Get access to the Game Informer community Discord. Um, But in this moment, be with us. Just like Charles Hart is here. Uh, with us in this moment hello charles hello i i don't i'm i'm feeling my desk and i'll be honest it's definitely not real wood but i don't i don't think i'm confident in touching wood and <laughs> that, that's real you know even if it's an well, actual tree you're yeah like, he's I like i'm know. not sure I, I mean i'm sure there's like there's a spectrum right if it's fully yeah. fake wood i can definitely tell and if it's a full tree i can definitely tell but i'm sure there's like there's, at, at the Cincinnati Zoo, they have uh, uh, the what is it? The rails. The rails. Yeah. Guardrails. Yeah, they're like Kinda. not wood, but they're carved to look like tree trunks. Oh, that that throws me off. Um, yeah. And I saw like a making of on TikTok once, and they're just like concrete, and then they paint it, and then they texture it like wood, and it was really upsetting. And I didn't, I guess, I didn't think they're wood, <laughs> but I didn't like think about it. You know, it's just like yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. that's a lot of work. You could have just used wood. Exactly. But then again, exactly. then it, yeah. But if you get petrified wood, because that's basically concrete, mm, and then you kind of yeah. get both. That's true, but it's harder. It just look cool. It's probably harder to get petrified wood. Yeah, unless yeah. you can get it in a bucket. And and again, I, I'm saying this. I don't know enough about petrified wood. I said it's probably hard. I don't actually know how. There's probably a TikTok on it explaining how to do it. Yeah, yeah. If you have mm-hmm. a few million years to wait, you can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Uh, let's talk about we got a lot of video games to talk about today uh, we're going to be talking more starfield uh, i've been playing the hell out of Fortnite, uh, armored core tears of the kingdom Baldur's gate on ps5 a lot more uh, if you want to support the show go grab a single issue uh, physically on sale at gamestop.com slash game informer for five dollars and 99 cents plus shipping or you can go to your local gamestop 
skip out on the shipping and just get an issue for $5.99. It's a great way to support us. Uh, but if you would prefer to have a, a subscription, you can go and get a digital subscription today. Gameinformer.com slash magazine uh, and get uh, each new issue delivered straight to... We have, a, we have an app. Did you know that we have an app on iOS and Android? Mm-hmm. I did and not know that, really, actually. It works really well. Uh, it's not like one of those proprietary apps that some companies have that don't work, you know? Uh, it, it works really well. I read it every month. Uh, so go go check it out. But before we get into all that, Marcus has an update from... Uh, oh, uh, are you are you back at Minion Land, Marcus? Well, kind of. I did. I, I, I'm uh, adjacent to Minion Land. In that mm. uh, last Friday, I got to attend the opening of Halloween Horror Nights. And really the reason I was there was that I got to go through the Last of Us uh, house that they have there. It was sort of the big new attraction, uh, pretty much the headliner for this year. Um, I got to go to a media event, I, and I got to tour the house twice. Uh, the first time with uh, Neil Druckmann, of course, Naughty Dog mm. president and mm-hmm. the co-creator of The Last of Us. Uh, which was more of like a, you know, it wasn't like live, so to speak. There were no actors. It was more like he, him and the uh, the gentleman that sort of was the lead behind designing the attraction took us through. And we got to look at everything. And then at night, uh, me and a, a bunch of press got to go through the house for real, as well as every other house there. And it was a great time. Uh, yeah. For one, despite growing up in Florida and going to Universal Studios slash Islands of Adventure, countless times like i really don't know how many times i've been there but it's been a lot i have never done halloween horror nights ever uh and not because i didn't want to like i love horror but it was one of those things where like either i would be invited by friends and i was busy either with work or i just wasn't around or i would just forget about it and then also it's really expensive like have you guys ever gone to halloween horror nights i've been to like uh, something similar at king's dominion Okay, I you know it's funny. I was talking to a journalist, and he mentioned that King's Dominion does a a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Charles, no, I'm no, I'm I'm not really a horror person or amusement parks person. <laughs> so neither neither camp is my kind of thing. But if it was Last of Us themed, I would probably go. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Halloween Horror Nights every September, uh, they ba- Universal Studios basically transforms. Uh into a gigantic haunted house Halloween version of itself. Uh, usually starts around like five, six o'clock at night and runs to like 2 a.m. And they have all these haunted houses, most of them like original themed, like they have their own like IPs and stuff. And then there's always a couple based on like an existing property, like they've done The Walking Dead, they've done like Resident Evil, like the movies mm-hmm. they've done. And it's been around for like 20 years at this point. And uh, this year, the kind of the in terms of the, like the license stuff, the big three were The Last of Us, uh, Chucky, like the, the TV show that's out, um, and Stranger Things season four, uh, which they've done Stranger Things before, but they're, this one was based on just the last season. Yeah, which is a really good season, to be fair. Yeah. It had a good house. It had a very good house. Uh, the oh, haunted house. About that. Yeah. Yeah, the haunted. It was very good. Uh, so yeah, it was like I said, it's my first time ever doing this, which was really a delight. I, I got to meet up with uh, a couple friends there that are also in media, and then also meet a bunch of new friends. Shout out to my to Group Five, which is what I was part <laughs> of. We we all became very tight as we went through the haunted houses. We did ten in a row together, and it, it bonds you. 
it really sure. did. Like we hung out afterwards. It was it was a lot of fun. Shout out to the the crew there. Um, and in terms of The Last of Us, you know, I'm actually working on a, a big uh, feature for our next issue of the magazine that uh, is coming out for October, like a Halloween issue, basically. Uh, so I have more details there. But, you know, it was something that they announced a couple months ago that they were doing this. And, uh, you know, I was got to sit down and interview uh, Neil and uh, the other gentleman's name is Mike, who kind of led the design to ride about, like, how it came together uh, apparently Neil is a huge fan of Halloween Horror Nights, and apparently it started with a tweet where, like, a couple of years ago, uh, I think Halloween Horror Nights tweeted out, like, hey, here's our houses for this year, basically. <laughs> and uh, some fans had retweeted him or something. Yeah. And basically said, like, man, The Last of Us would be a cool house if we, you know, if you did one. <laughs> and then Neil being like, huh. And, like, basically he's like, you know, I didn't think this would work but i kind of wanted to see if i could get a conversation going so he kind of retweeted that and just put it out there like yeah it would be cool maybe one day and then apparently literally that day mike dm'd him on twitter saying like do you want to you want to talk <laughs> you want to make this happen because he's turns out he and a few other people at universal are big fans of the video games and i should stress that the house is actually it's based on the video game exclusively not the hbo okay. show okay yeah um which is cool for me. I mean, I haven't seen the show yet, but I love the games. Uh, and uh, looking at it, it's it's pretty much a, a recreation of Pittsburgh. And it's mostly oh, okay. focused on the... It's pretty much focused on the first game, specifically. So you've got uh, Joel and Ellie in there, like actors playing uh, Joel and Ellie. Though they also got uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson to record new dialogue. Uh, so if you've ever been to Halloween Horror Nights, they always have like some dialogue that is playing and then the actor sort of pantomime it. So they're not speaking yet, but it seems like they are. So you see like the Joel and Ellie actor or performers doing something. And then you hear like Troy Baker being like mask on spores, you know, something like that. Uh, But it was a cool house. Like the detail was immaculate. And I've always heard about uh, like how incredibly well done these haunted houses are for Halloween Horror Nights. And the last of us is no exception where we went through uh, and they were showing us how like there are so many, things like visual elements and easter eggs that are ripped straight from the game that are just like in there like you see uh there's like this truck that's crashed which apparently was a real truck that they just like beat the crap out of uh there's you're like journeying through you know they got the little cubby holes with the performers that are dressed up like clickers jump out and scare you uh the sound design sounded great where you can hear the clicker sounds like and it's got this sort of like spatial awareness where you're like i hear them or you hear these screams uh, and then you got like not even just the full on clickers, but you got the kind of like I don't know what you call them, but the infected that aren't quite clickers, but they're pretty much infected. The kind of yeah. like regular zombie people, I guess we'll call them like the former. Like there was one lady that's just kind of like hovering around swaying and she's kind of like taking swipes at you as you walk by. And everything just looked great, like the outfits for the clickers, because they don't even just have clickers, but they got uh, bloaters, too. Uh, and, and I think one other variety, but they look fantastic. Um, again, I haven't seen the show, but I, I have to imagine it's probably comparable to how they appear in, in the show. And like, as we're walking through with Neil, he's showing us like, Hey, here's some like just fun visual elements from the game. Like all the signage is from the games. Uh, there's like even lore notes from the games that are there. Like there's, um, this maybe hardcore fans might remember in the first game, you find that note from each who was like the soldier that Joel knew in the sewers, like the note from the each note is recreated end of game. Like 
as oh, it was. Yeah. And I, uh, and there's also the, um, there's a one corner in the room that has the, um, the one, like we, you find like dead bodies in one section of the first game and it has the little like chalk note in the floor saying, uh, oh, yeah, they died that. peacefully or whatever it is. Yeah. You remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that's recreated just there. <laughs> uh, and it looks amazing. Uh, and it's funny cause like the, it's also got sort of the wide linear design that those games have where a lot of the haunted houses, at least the ones that I did for this year can be pretty claustrophobic by design. Whereas like kind of really tight corridors, you're, you're kind of like are forced to be put up against the, the things trying to scare you. Whereas the last of us a little wider, like there's some areas that are linear that are some like bigger areas where in my mind, I could see myself like, Oh, if this was the game, I would be in this area scavenging for like materials and stuff, you know? And they even have the crafting bench like recreated in there. Really? Oh, I love yeah. that. I asked Neil because I was when I was interviewing him, I talked to him. I was like, you know, maybe the scariest thing that you've ever done between the two games is the workbench jump scare in the second game. <laughs> so when I saw the the workbench again, I was like, you guys gonna do anything like that? And he just kind of laughed at that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like, no, I don't think we have that, but that would be cool. But you're also like you said, you're. You, you, when you get into the more infected areas, they like have hallways that have uh, like the fungus all over the walls. They even have spores that rain down when you get to one section where you see like silhouettes of Joel and Ellie kind of making their way through. And you see like, again, Joel do the thing. Where he's like, oh, spores, mask on. And then spores just rain down. It looks amazing. Uh, and it's just, yeah, as a fan of the games, it's like. It's so you feel like you're in that world to a degree of like, what would I do if I was like confronted with like a clicker or like an infected face to face? And it's like the closest to that sensation. Right. I will say I don't think the house personally was like scary, so to speak. And it might be because I was so just like, wow, this is the the video game that it didn't like. There were definitely other haunted houses I did that night that were scarier. Shout out to the the exorcist. uh, Oh, God. They, uh, they did. That was probably the scary. They, had, you know, the new Exorcist movie that's coming out. I forgot. What I have the never seen an Exorcist was. movie and never will. Okay, so <laughs> I will never. Looks ever. like we got. Uh, I have a new mission in life is to get you to watch the Exorcist. Uh, but, um, um, but the new Exorcist movie, they have a house based on that. And to me, that was my number one. Of like, that was terrifying. Um, but yeah, this. I would say the last one. I didn't find it to be scary, but it was very impressive. Like you see, uh, there's like a battle with like, you see the Ellie actress kind of coming out of like a an alleyway and she's got the shotgun here like again here ashley johnson be like die you mfers <laughs> and she's just shooting at him and the actors look good too and it, it's fun you know definitely if you for halloween horror nights fans and obviously if you're a last of us fan it's worth checking out but hope, hopefully if you do go you're able to get in in a timely manner because when we were there opening night and granted it was opening night but it was like a two-hour wait to get in there oh, like geez. it was a long line which i've heard they fast passed you though right oh yeah like because we're a media like we because every all the media group broke up into our own groups so we each had our own universal like handler basically who just walked okay. us into on the rides which is the only time i've ever really f- had that <laughs> access i was talking to other media that cover this every year and when i told them it was my first time they were like oh you're gonna be so spoiled because like like you said like halloween horror nights is so popular that like you have to pay so much money, and then if you're lucky, you might get to do maybe three houses in the time that you're there, if you're willing to wait for that long, like multiple lines. Yeah. So to be able to, it, it definitely like I did not take for granted the the ability to be like, oh yeah, we're just being walked straight on 
just do it. And then she's like, all right, now we're going to the next house and we're going to take you through all the scare zones, which is sort of the in-between. Because, you know, when you're walking just from house to house, they got all the actors that are just in the street, like trying to spook you and stuff. Yeah. There's like fog everywhere. And then all, and then some of the attractions, like the normal rides are active too. So like afterwards we rode the mummy and like the rip ride rocket roller coaster and stuff. But yeah, it was super fun. I, I I would do it again. And I'm excited to see what other people think of the house now, you know, so. Awesome. Yeah, no, uh, uh, it's funny. When Brian and I went to Universal Japan, I'm just now putting it together. At the time, I think I was too jet lagged to put it together. But it turned into, when we went to Nintendo Land, it turned into their version of Halloween Horror Nights because we were there in October. Oh. I was like, why is it? Why is it suddenly haunted? Huh, interesting. Must just be like an attraction they do. <laughs> and they had a Resident Evil themed haunted house that you could get in line for. Or a biohazard, rather. But I did experience like the scare zone thing where like people are coming up to you and there's fog everywhere. It's hard to see. Yeah. And they're just like haunting the streets and running after people. I would love to see Japan's take on it because Japan, like Japanese war is so good. Oh, yeah. It was so- it was creepy. Man. Lots of girls with like scissor hands and like yeah, it's long like, hair. Like it, exactly, everyone just looks like the Grudge Girl. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, all right, that might be. I would do it, but that would probably be a lot to to deal with. Uh, it was creepy. I would love to go with you guys as people that are generally horror averse. We had one guy in our group who I more or less made it a point to stick with him because he he told us ahead of time. He's like, I've never done this. And I probably wouldn't do this unless I was getting paid to do it for like work. (laughs) But like his reactions to like everything as we went through this this gauntlet of houses was just hysterical. Like it was like just the most genuine reaction, just being scared out of his mind every time someone jumped at him and stuff. It was that was like me during replay when I first got hired. It was my first Halloween at GI, and Ben Reeves, Dan Tack, and Reiner all made me play horror games for the month of of october like i played all sorts of stuff i played like uh there's one about a nun that would chase you around a haunted house it was it was all horrifying was that when you guys did the what's that name of that game spooky haunted house mansion thing whatever you know what i'm talking Uh, about uh yeah what is it called murder Uh, house murder house right 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 right. yeah yeah i played that whole game which that game i ended up really liking afterwards uh, although I, I would never play it again. It was really too scary. <laughs> uh, Charles is essentially like a, um, I appreciate, I appreciate you taking a moment. You're like, I'm going to translate this. Cause Charles has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. Murder house is a PS one inspired, uh, tank control horror game, you know, like the old resident evils, but there is a serial killer who dresses up as a bunny and he is in the house and he stalks you. And he can he can appear at any time, and it's like kind of like amnesia. I think it's amnesia where you can like hide inside right. of like the cupboards and stuff, uh, and like peek through and see him walking around. And um, yeah, oh, who makes that? I want to shout them out. I know they're like they have a, they actually like have a lot of uh, followers because they only make horror games. Puppet Combo uh, is what they're called. Okay. And Puppet Combo also made. Uh, I'm just going to type in Puppet Combo. Nun Nun Massacre was the other game. And if you just like, I'm going to put this in. I'm uh, looking at this bunny. Okay, yeah, you see that. I'm going to put it in our podcast Slack channel. 
if you just look at um, Nun Massacre on Itch, the first GIF at the top of the page, uh, you can see like what the vibes of this game were. And it, it was just awful. All right, I've seen this game. So I sympathize with the guy who said I would not be doing this unless I'm getting paid. It was so much. It was so stressful that like I was thinking about calling out of work sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask between you and Brian, which was more skittish, like in a horror environment. But it sounds like you just answered the question. Unless Brian, uh, was, there was are certain there are clips out there of me, and I it, it looks it feels like when you're watching it, like there's no way he's this scared. He's definitely like putting on a show. <laughs> he's got to be putting on a show. I swear to everything i know it's not an act it just i i hate it so hate next it so year much. we're gonna get you for the halloween horror nights media event and absolutely yeah you better have a camera on me i guess oh <laughs> all the cameras <laughs> 10 10 houses in a row full gauntlet yeah but that, that sounds fun i uh i want to i want to see photos of the the last of us uh part in in particular yeah uh yeah like i said tune into the upcoming issue and there and our not the current issue, but we haven't announced like the next issue for October. Yeah. I'll have some uh, pictures that I took, and yeah, it's a it's a fun piece. Awesome. Uh, well, what do you guys want to talk about next? I feel like we're all playing Starfield still, right? Is yeah, that... we could touch on Starfield. I mean, it's out for realsies now, as of yeah, this yeah. week for for everybody. Absolutely. I have. Uh, I did not play it last week when you. I was kind of listening and sitting back last episode. I've played the game now. I've played for about like five hours or so. Okay. Um, maybe six. I'm, I'm not too, too deep into it yet, but uh, it's all right. I, 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 uh, now be careful what you say because the internet's very sensitive about yeah, <laughs> what yeah. you say about this game. <laughs> it's hard going from an RPG like Baldur's Gate with its breadth of reactions to your choices and different scenarios that, that, can happen like it's just there are a multitude of different ways that that game can end up you know and it stinks because starfield just from what i've seen so far my choices don't feel like they are doing that like i'm not seeing those outcomes right yeah, it's, it's uh, just not I've, built for that yeah 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 it's not and so it's it's but that is like where my mind goes as a point of comparison because yeah, I'm or, still playing. Baldur's I don't want to say it is technically built for that. I mean, when you go to Constellation, they let you know very early, like, hey, we're pretty loosey goosey in terms of morality. Like, we don't ask questions. They said that, but then I did a bad thing because I was like, I want to play a bad playthrough. And I did a bad thing. And it was like 15 minutes after she was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not the morality police. He's almost Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And she screams at me. She's like, murderer. They're innocent. And I'm like, what did you do? I, I started shooting an uh, innocent ship. <laughs> oh, it's just a little ship. It wasn't even like a person. I was trying to take their ship. I was like trying to figure out how to like be a, do piracy. Right. And so I just started shooting at the ship. And she's like, they're innocent. You murderer. I like, I'm like, I thought you said you were cool with this. Or maybe. It's because I've heard similar stories about like the game she, again. She not did really... say what you said. That's why I was like, "Oh, cool! I can be a bad guy, and it's not going to affect this this character." Yeah, I wonder if it's like a because I, I, again, that's kind of been other one of the disappointing things. I've I've heard similar stories from like people that were like, "All right, you said we can basically do what we want," and I did a thing, and then she and maybe other characters were like, "Whoa, why did you do? 
we hate you now. And it's like, but I thought, and I, yeah, on one hand, I reloaded I, my save. It like discouraged me from doing the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. And it's like, on one hand, maybe if you interpret it as we won't ask questions, but it doesn't mean I like it personally. Like maybe the organization we're fine with it. But if I'm present me, that doesn't yeah. mean I'm not going to be cool. But like, but then it's like, then why emphasize that in the beginning of like, Hey, do what you got to do and you won't be judged more or less. Yeah. It does feel like a, a, a bit of a betrayal of that. Pro- so I thought they were setting it up. I was like, okay, this is their out for letting players do what yeah. they want is that line of dialogue. But then, and I was like terrified, like I'm going to like mess up this quest because I, her reaction was just so harsh <laughs> and maybe <laughs> you got maybe the I thing that says like Sarah out. strongly dislike that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should have stuck it out to see what happened. But it instantly discouraged me, and I reloaded my save and didn't do that anymore. And that was like a bummer because I was like, "Sarah, I thought you were cool." <laughs> I had I had her react like that to me, but in her defense, the the left bumper is the scanner, and the right bumper is the grenade button. <laughs> so yeah. I pressed the right bumper, and I wasn't really looking, and I threw a mine on the ground, and she was like, "Hey, watch it." You're going to get someone hurt. And I was like, oh, sorry. And I I think my hand went out, but I was walking. So I didn't actually see the mine go. And then I was like, oh, geez, I won't press the mines button anymore. And then I walked away and then someone walked into the mine, <laughs> got blown up across the screen. <laughs> then Vasco the robot comes running out of the ship and then just starts fighting all the police or the guards or whatever because he's defending me. And then Sarah is like, she says something like she was really against it. And then it said like Sarah Morgan has left your party. Oh, so I guess wow, she yeah. like left because anyways. That's pretty messed up. She just ditched you. He's like, hey, at least back me up to get me out of this situation. Like, nah, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And and in her in her defense, though, of like, hey, man, like, we're cool here. There is, I do feel like there is a difference between like, hey, man, if you shoplift from Target, I'm not going to say Versus if you kill a minivan full of people, like, there is a level there, but I don't actually know what. what but she, I mean, if that's the case. But they, she said she didn't care. Yeah. Like, if that's the case, they should maybe. <laughs> Maybe tighten that up a bit. Like, hey, you know, maybe they should say, "Hey, be I'm gonna clear. be mad if you if you're bad." Maybe establish boundaries a little more clearly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we won't, we're not like prudes or anything, but we yeah. have a line. You know, like we have a code of honor. And just you gotta tell, you gotta communicate that to me. You know. Yeah, because I wouldn't have you in my party if if you're not cool with that. You know. Yeah, which I guess you could just ditch her and then maybe take. Some but then I don't know how that affects the main quest. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't I, know. Well, I mean, you don't have to have them around for everything. You can send. I don't know about, I mean, besides missions. The part I was like, specifically on, we're like going after. Is it like the first together. real quest you do with her? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that, I, yeah, you have to have her. But I mean, and like, I was like, I'm going to do bad things. And she was like screaming murderer at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, chill out. I shot them. They, they're in a ship. They have shields. <laughs> they're not they're, real, Sarah. They're this fine. This is a video game. Sarah, this is a game. You're not yeah. real. <clears throat> I mean, I will say, I, I played a little bit more. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, but just having played other RPGs in the time between this and Fallout 4, and even before that, like stuff like Witcher 3, where I will say that I'm having a harder time doing the thing I used to do with the Bethesda RPGs, where I would like, I would hit every line of dialogue, every dialogue option. I was like, oh, I should, I should have to hear everything that they have to say. And now I don't care to, and I'm still learning. I'm still early and I'm still learning um, all of the allies' like backstories and, and meeting them. 
but like so I'm not like married to anyone yet, but I'm not finding anyone particularly interesting where I'm like, I want to know more about this person. And I've also been trying to teach myself where it's like, you know what? Maybe it's okay to not care to ask about their past. Like if I just, cause I felt like I'm, it feels like I'm doing it more out of sense of obligation and habit of like, I got to make all of these text boxes gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, I don't know. Do I really care? What? you did before constellation like not right now so i just won't ask them like maybe later when we hang out more and you become maybe you open up and say something interesting i'm like oh tell me more about that but like it's teaching me to not play it in an obligatory manner of like going down the checklist because it because uh, it's already like taking me aback of how signposty a lot of npcs still feel um where like i'm not at the point where they feel like real people yet just like moral maybe morally challenged like mannequins you know yeah yeah and, and again the stuff with sarah about like okay you told me one thing but you're clearly reacting so like you see things where like the the this maybe the scripting is kind of like it, it's sort of betraying the premise a bit like i had a moment actually yesterday where i was doing the the sam co mission which if anyone it's another early mission with like you do with like you you, you go to his thing and basically they give you a thing where like, hey, you need to get this important like map from like his dad and him and his dad are like not on good terms. And they give you multiple ways like, hey, you can maybe convince his dad to give it up. Maybe you can use his Sam's daughter to to coerce him or something. Or you can just straight up steal it, like just distract him and steal it. And like I tried the persuasion, didn't work. So I was like, all right, well, I don't want to bring Sam's daughter into this. I'll, I'll just try to steal it. Like you can have Sam distract him. So, like, the distraction is, like, oh, they have, like, a conversation, basically, and then you basically lockpick and steal it. But then I, which is embarrassing, because I have never failed a lockpick before before this, but I failed, like, the first time and I only had one lockpick on me, so I couldn't do it. Like, I was basically locked out of that option unless I left to go get more lockpicks. Uh, so I was like, oh, man, well, I could go do that. Digipicks. The Digipicks, yes. Uh, which makes me think of Digimon every time I say it. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a Digimon device. Uh, but I was like, well, I don't totally know where to get lockpicks reliably i've just kind of found them laying around uh you know what i mean like i don't know who sells them so maybe i'll just go to the daughter and just do that option and so like but i wasn't sure how since i was already locked into the stealing thing sam and the dad were having their little spat in the corner of this house and it was like can i interrupt that to be like hey i'm gonna I'm going to let's just get your kid to maybe do this. So I, I just went back to the ship, talked to her. She's like, yeah, OK, I'll help. And then Sam, because Sam didn't come with me because he's still in the house debating with his dad. But the moment I'm like, hey, kid, let's go do this. He like just warped to where we were just and he's like, oh, I don't like that. And then he, I got the like, Sam hates that you're doing this. <laughs> but I was like, wait, wait, wait. How did you even know you were at the house? But I guess because he has to react that way, they just, like, teleported him there. But then, I guess cause they didn't account for people suddenly switching on a dime. The moment we start walking back to the house, Sam, like, resumes the argument with his dad, but he's not oh, there. So he's talking to no one. As we're, <laughs> he's oh, like, Sam's lo- Sam has. Yeah, like, we're walking there, and Sam's like, no, dad, listen, this, <laughs> this isn't what it did. And I'm like, oh, no. He's got no. space flu. I'm like, did I break that mission? Because then I get back to the house, and then the dad is alone, but he's still carrying on his side of the argument. <laughs> and then Sam doesn't come in, so the dad is literally going, 
oh, no, you, you ran away from home, Sam. And then long pause because that would be Sam's line and then going, no, exactly. That's what I mean. And it's just like, oh, no, <laughs> did I break this? I broke this mission. And then and then also because of that, the, when I brought the little girl in, I couldn't initiate whatever her method would have been. Because I talked to her and there's no option to be like, all right, you know, talk to him or do whatever. Because, you know, the, I guess it was like since he was still locked in the previous choice. You know, you do the thing when you talk to an NBC and it's like, oh, they're busy. So you can't yeah. interact with it. It was like that. Oh, no. So then I was like, I can't do either of these now. Like, I I have essentially locked myself out of two options because they just, like, running them together like that just broke it. So then my only choice was to try to find Digipix since I was like, well, I guess I'm still committed to the lock thing because he's still talking to Sam, sort of. So I, I just had to run around uh, that town for a bit until I found a, a vendor that sell, sold them. And then I bought three and then managed to unlock the door and get it. But it was the moment where I went back to the house and he's still just talking to himself, the dad. And then I just took oh the, gosh. yeah, then I just stole it and then wound up kind of like fixing it more or less. Cause then it continued, but it was, it was definitely one of those like, Oh, okay. There's still this some is like, sequence broken. That's yeah, so like, interesting. That's like, uh, uh, in, 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 <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons books, uh, when you're reading it as a DM, it's like, this is the scenario your players can either talk to the guy or they can pick the lock or they can do whatever. And my issue with those books is always it'll say what you can do, but it doesn't say what happens when you fail them because it just assumes like, well, they'll do one of them and they'll succeed. Right. And this feels like that where it's like, I don't I don't think it's that unreasonable that you could fail to persuade him and then fail the lock pick and then run out. So like, is the logical, I don't think the logical conclusion is run around and buy lock picks. Like it's, it's really Especially because you're like, I don't know how long. So again, it's telling you like, I don't know how long he's gonna keep him distracted. Am yeah. I assume I'm on like an invisible timer, you know, before that that that, that just falls apart. But yeah, it was a thing. Where well, you had like, time to go to the the store. I mean, <laughs> I had time to go to the store, run around the town, go back to the ship to get the daughter to try that. <laughs> as as they're just talking to each other from like a mile away. <laughs> yeah, they just had a list of grievances. They are letting it all out. I mean, it's funny because the guy taught. He starts the conversation, being like, "Oh, do you want me to tell you everything I hate about you, son? <laughs> How much time you got, buddy?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is he really? <laughs> yeah, he straight up says that. I guess trying to clue the player is like maybe you got some time, but it was just weird. Like I didn't think it would take Sam out of that moment, but he would still kind of be engaged with it. And again, it, like you said, it felt like the game didn't account for like what if you fail picking the locks does the game automatically react to be like, oh, you're out of time. Go try the other method that you didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, stuff that like seems that. Like something, that seems like something that'll get, would be primed for like a patch or something. Yeah. So stuff like that took me out of it, but it's, uh, I've had moments of fun with it. I, my last session when this happened, I was having yeah. a hard time sticking with it. Maybe because I was playing just other stuff that we'll talk about, but it was one of those, like, it just, I was it was showing like the Bethesda formula was showing its age, I guess, in a way that was like unpleasant. Where like there was a time where I was cool with this, but maybe now so many other games and RPGs later that have done this kind of like again open ended choice driven stuff better and like reactive gameplay better that this is still antiquated by comparison. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of where I, it was. It definitely ended my last session on a bit of a, a like a sour note. Yeah. I'm still having fun with it, but it is like the caveat that, or, or I have this, like this thorn in my side that I'm like, ah, I wish I was enjoying this more. Like I'm enjoying, yeah. I'm having fun, but 
but my expectations were higher i think for like for like it breaking away from the formula and and maybe that's my fault for not paying attention to marketing beats and stuff you know as much yeah this one but yeah i don't know i i there are things i really like about this game um i really like the 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 costumes and like the character uh customization in the game i think it's really fun um it's kind of at odds with the encumbrance i don't mind encumbrance in games in starfield it feels literally like every three minutes i am like making i'm in my menu making a choice of what to dump and that's kind of a bummer but when i get back to my ship i have like all this cool stuff to sell and like i i've only played like like i said like four or five missions i got all these different spacesuits that have different effects i've got uh, I've unlocked the jetpack finally, so I've got that. Um, which I was hoping for for something a little more jetpacky. I have the I have the basic kinds. booster. Yeah, okay, yeah. the basic booster is just kind of like feels like a long jump, mm-hmm. uh, and then brings you back down. But uh, I think like the the, the gunplay is fun. Um, I enjoy the different weapons. Uh, I really like. I've got a like old timey shotgun. I forget what it's called. Um, is it the coachman the coachman yeah i've got the uh, coachman. Yeah, i'm a coachman uh, main yeah i like the coachman and then i've got like a silenced grindle i think they're called um and and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm having fun i think i'm still waiting for it to really hook me because i've been kind of playing out of obligation of getting a video review done for work enjoying it it's not like i'm like hating my time or anything I think it's just hard when there's so many incredible games out right now vying for attention. It's like a good game is viewed as disappointing, right? Right. Which, I mean, that's been the discourse around this game, right? <clears throat> With sure, all the, yeah, the, yeah. the overblown anger about like certain outlets giving it a okay score and just being like, hey, this is fine, but it's yeah. got problems and then people that were really excited for this game taking this as like a personal attack and then on the other side people that were never going to play the game in the first place that were always kind of like rallying it to fail using it as like ah ha ha this is this thing sucks the game that scored a respectable score is garbage take that and it's just like been so and it's always been normal just be normal (laughs) i know i know there's a few listeners listening to this who are probably mad at us for for talking about the game and the way that we are, but like, just be normal. It's, it's a video game. You could have different opinions than me. Exactly. I promise you it's okay. When we're talking about games, something that's, that's supposed to be fun and enjoyable. It's totally cool. If you have a different opinion, it, it hurts nobody for you to like a game that I dislike and vice versa. So like, don't act like it does. Yeah. It's like, and, and it's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm tired of these reviewers, like not being objective reviews are inherently subjective. They are literally, it, it, it just, or it's like the thing of like, or if we, we are subjective, but it's like, well, your opinion doesn't line up with mine and that's bad. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, I yeah. wanted you to parrot my thoughts. And it's like, you know, well, it's a, a valid, a valid feeling is <sighs> I'm upset that you don't like it as much as me because I want to, to share in the enjoyment of it with you, right? That's like a right. valid opinion and being like a little upset that somebody doesn't like a thing you like versus this is a personal attack on my taste as a player. Therefore, you are now a hater or my enemy 
or whatever. It's yeah. like, I get that you can be bummed if I don't like a thing that you like. That totally makes sense. Like there are plenty of games that I love that my friends don't. And it, it bums me out. Cause I'm like, Oh, I really wish that you would like this, you know? Right. Uh, Cause it's important to me. Right. And I want you to enjoy it too. Versus, you know, we've already said it, but yeah, just be normal. It's like, yeah. It's like, if you find yourself, because that sentiment boils down to I'm angry at you because you didn't enjoy the game as much as I hoped that I would because mm, yeah, you yeah. haven't, because I say hope because you haven't played the game yet, but the reviewer has, but you're mad at them. He's like, what? You didn't like it. How dare you? Even though I haven't touched this game at all yet, <laughs> somehow yeah. I know that you're wrong. And it's like, that's not, one that's unfair and wrong and it's just not healthy man at the end of the day it's video games like take it from someone where video games is my livelihood like it's video games aren't that serious it's like we literally, it's, like, it's not life and death guys it's just a video game <laughs> i i can i can recall like countless times during you know working at game informer where like somebody will say like and then again like you said it's our jobs our career we'll like just be like hey it's it's just video games like it's like calm down because man. it is yeah like, like let's all dial it back a little bit um yeah it's just yeah just wonder and i and i even get more i actually get personally i get more excited about a game when there are i mean granted if everyone's like it's a 10 i'm like great but uh like when i see a game that gets like different scores like a wide range i'm like Oh, okay, that like frees me up to feel like I can more easily make my own decision about a thing and like not feel like I am, uh, you know, um, at odds with other people's opinions, right? And so like just just play the game yourself if you want, come up with your own opinion, share your opinion if you want, but like in a respectable way, and like don't be weird. Yeah, like you, it's okay to disagree or even be critical of an analysis, but don't yeah don't cross that line of like personally attacking people or doing a thing where like I'm gonna dig up all their social media history to prove my personal bias. Like, see, this guy said something positive about Sony two years ago. It's clearly he's against Xbox. <laughs> You're yeah, like, it's... okay, it's like let's slow it down there, buddy. So yeah. Anyways. Anyway, Starfield. It's okay. <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine. i uh yeah. you know i'm gonna keep playing it same i i i've heard some rumblings about like an interesting new game plus thing greg miller was talking about it greg miller from kind of funny was tweeting over the weekend yeah uh, okay talking about like new game plus is like really interesting for some reason uh so i'm that's kind of got my my interest peaked i want to see what's up there because i'm not normally somebody who plays new game plus um and I've heard other people are like on their third or fourth new game plus, and there's some weird stuff happening. I think that was Paul Tassi uh, talk, tweeting about that. So I'm curious. Um, but for now, I've been really digging Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 4. Uh, it's the newest season. It came out probably a week ago, I think. Yes. Every time you say that, anytime someone's like Fortnite chapter four, it sounds like being in church and the pastor's like, all right, open the Bible's turn <laughs> to Leviticus chapter two, excerpt yeah. verse three. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. The, the, the Bible of video games, Fortnite, as we all know. It, that's what it's commonly, that's actually on the top of the press release. But yeah, so chapter four, we we're actually talking to Marcus about this off off the show beforehand. And we were, he was asking, like, okay, what's the difference between the chapters and the seasons? And Charles and I were saying that 
Fortnite's big arcs are like segmented by the chapters. So like the first chapter was obviously the the inception of the game. The second chapter was when they it was like the peak of their their live events where they blew up the like they the the black hole started and the whole map got sucked in the, into the zero was it the zero zero point? I don't remember yes, if the zero point I was introduced so. at that point. I yeah. I did I started Fortnite in chapter three, season three, and so okay. in getting ready for it to go from chapter three to chapter four, yeah, my girlfriend sat down and we're like, all right. We got Let's five YouTube videos. videos queued up. We're going to learn <laughs> about the lore of Fortnite. So yeah. when this event happens, we can kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So chapter two is like the first new map. And like uh, they introduced, that's when they introduced like fishing. And I think in that season, there were also, was there ever skiing in the game? I don't water skiing or was that just a cinematic? Like I don't a, remember. A jet ski? Yeah. Like yeah. A, on the sharks. They had boats. Right? I think so. Yeah. I, I that, yeah. that might've been when they added vehicles. Like there weren't okay. always vehicles in Fortnite, which is weird. It's weird to start playing Fortnite now and then realize Fortnite chapter one had vehicles. Cause there were golf carts and ATVs. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Um, but yeah, so chapter two is like the first new map. Chapter three is when they introduced zero build mo- mode, which is what I play. I used to be a build sicko. Like I like would like make, friends i think i made jeff cork a tutorial act a video tutorial actually mm-hmm. um for him and his son on how to build so i used to like building but i only played zero build now hmm. um so that was introduced in chapter three and then chapter four charles was confirming to me earlier uh was like when they switched over to unreal 5 and so now we are in this the fourth season of that so roughly about a year into that change and yeah i'm, I'm really liking it the the, they're kind of bringing back um, the like secret agent spy heist themes uh, that they've had in past seasons. Uh, and there are three different forts uh, around the like giant um, like complexes around the map that have a vault of, of treasure inside. And by treasure, I mean like, uh, you know, very, very rare weapons and that kind of thing. And the, you have to like, sneak past like laser traps and turrets and a bunch of NPC bad guys, as well as the other players that are dropping there. And that's, that's sort of the theme, but I think Fortnite's in a really strong spot right now. It's a lot of the weapons that are in the game. So they, they routinely will change out the weapons throughout the seasons and they call it vaulting. So they'll vault, you know, a weapon and, or bring something out of the vault and it just overall shifts the meta of the game. And right now, I think the meta is really strong. I think, like, they've got these... Uh, so last season, or the season before that, at some point during this chapter, they introduced, like, a twin magazine SMG. Um, and now they have a an assault rifle version of that. That is one of my favorite guns that has been in Fortnite ever. I love it. They have a, a cool thermal DMR. Uh, but the star of the show is this rocket ram, I think is what they're called. And it's essentially a battering ram with a rocket attached to the back. And you have to, like, charge it up. And you shoot in the in the air. And then you crash down into this big impact when you land. But the thing is, it can destroy structures. And so you are, like, just tearing through buildings and causing as much chaos as possible uh, with these battering rams. And I've been having a blast. Charles, have you, have you played it at all? I actually have not. I haven't played. I fell off Fortnite last season i like didn't play it okay. at all yeah and then i heard this new one was really good so i've been meaning to go back but i haven't yet yeah 
Do they still have auto shotguns? Because that was like my. That was yeah, my they favorite. do. That's my good. The Maven auto shotgun is yeah, still in the game. That's my favorite too. They have a new infiltrator shotgun, and I'm not. I haven't figured out the difference really between that and the auto shotgun. I think it's a little slower of a fire rate, and maybe a little more damage. But yeah, I I'm like you. My my main loadout, if I have it my way, is auto shotgun, uh, scoped SMG. Or just an SMG of some kind. Uh, the twin mag assault rifle. Depending on the map and like the rotations we're doing, sometimes I'll swap the AR out for the thermal DMR. And then I'll have a battering ram or a rocket ram for mobility. And then I'll have a heal, some sort of healing item, usually like small shields. And that's that's my go-to. But uh, yeah, I've been having a blast with it. It's... Uh, I also feel like for some reason I'm just dialed in this season. Like I've been playing really well and that makes it more fun. Obviously. Did you buy the Ashoka skin? That's like the big new the battle pass. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't so think she's, she's not, in yet. She's not in the game, but if you buy the battle pass, you'll get her. I believe. I uh, think she's a mid season. Uh, yeah. I'll double check. I was going to say, is. Like, is she fun? Does she come with any, I didn't know she came with any like, special abilities like they sometimes do i mean they've had other star wars characters in the past and yeah so it's like oh, i imagine when she gets put into the game so like they do these mid-season skins like i think i believe Geralt was a mid-season skin uh where you buy the battle pass and like roughly six weeks in Geralt gets added and then you can do a quest to unlock him it's kind of a reason to get you coming back in between the big beats of the game and i imagine with ahsoka they will introduce lightsabers back into the game for that week the mission is subscribe to disney plus yeah yeah right. please watch her <laughs> please watch her new tv show with this character yeah i will say i'm not a, like a huge fan of the battle pass this time um there's like there's like one or two uh all right skins there's a there's one uh do, are you familiar with um fish sticks or like the the character fish stick i think that's his name oh is a character named fish stick no nah. is that like a fortnite original character yeah if you look up fortnite fish stick you will see him is it kanye west it is not <laughs> that's okay. gotcha. so let me know when you've looked up fortnite fish stick all right i'm looking it up okay all right uh oh this guy i've seen him. yeah you know you've seen him yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. now look up fortnite fish thick now is that with two C's? Two C's. I left for two seconds. No, you're fine. Oh, he's swole. Yeah, it's. I thought he was gonna. I was like, he's either gonna be like sexy and thick, but he's like, he's nah, he's muscle man. Yeah, he's he's pretty much a. They made him a Chad, right? He's got a backwards. Oh yeah, and he's got like he's got like protein powder for his back bling, and his 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 pickaxe is a dumbbell. But yeah, so. He's like the best skin, and he's only like, I think he's like halfway through the battle pass. And yeah, clearly, once I unlock him, day. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, he of he of course skips leg day. Yeah, tiny little legs, but oh, okay. Well, he's got little fish stick legs still. Huh. It's but, impressive that he even ha- he's a fish. It's impressive. He yeah, yeah, that. Marcus. Like he's a fish lifting weights. I mean, like, it's probably more powerful because if you're lifting weights underwater, like the the, the weight is like different. You know, mm-hmm, it's buoyancy. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It, it's probably the equivalent of like training in a gravity chamber from Dragon Ball, you know. It's kind of yeah, like doing yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I am probably one play session away from unlocking Fish Thick. Um, and <laughs> can't I really wait for the, can't, can't wait to hear your your Fish Thick updates. 
Yeah, yeah. He he's gonna be he's gonna be a sweaty boy. He does have a shirt that says sweaty on it. Yeah, it says uh Sweaty's Gym. Yeah, Sweaty's Gym. I, I like Fortnite a lot. I love Fortnite. One of my favorite games. I always go back to it. But yeah, I've I've been playing it. I I'm enjoying it. I do wish there were some more offerings in the battle pass that kinda spoke to me. I always like the wacky ones. Not every season can have, have you know, a standout battle pass. It's also optional, completely optional. Blake plays Fortnite probably as much as me, and I don't think he's ever bought a battle pass. He just plays. Who, the what free skin version. does he play as? Does he buy skins or is he just? No, no, he just plays love. the default. Dude. That's love. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. You really love Fortnite. If your default skin never bought battle pass, yeah, that's very pure. What character would Blake buy? Like. Like yeah, there's, there's like, got to be a character one day that is just like he can't resist, right? He like, likes would... he likes Resident Evil Four, right? They They've got... had Resident yeah. Evil characters they in, got there, yeah. in there, right? Yeah, haven't they? Had yeah, Leo? I I asked him and he was like, "Yeah, it looks good, but I'm not buying it." It's got to be like trying to think of things. Maybe I'm wrong. Like Maybe he's really giving likes. in. I want to just gift him a skin, so yeah. He'll... But I don't know if he'll wear it. Like maybe he's it's like a protest. I mean, he has to wear it because out of politeness, right? It's like when you buy someone clothes and they never wear, and you're like, did you? Yeah. Did you not like the shirt that I gave you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe if Slitterhead makes a character and it gets added to Fortnite, yeah, will be a Slitterhead character. Right. Death Stranding, like Sam, Sam uh, Bridges skin. Oh, I think he would eat that up. Honestly, surprised that's not a thing. Well, wait for Death Stranding 2. Two skin. Baby Max, backblade. If they had a Max Payne skin, I can guarantee. Oh, yeah. The baby could be like the accessories for the skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And the pill bottle for your. Just throwing poop grenades at other players. Great. Get on that, Kojima. I love that Max Payne mechanic. That classic Max Payne mechanic throwing poop at. Oh, no, that was Death Stranding. Is that Death Stranding? <laughs> that was Death yeah, we're talking about Death Stranding. Oh, my God. I, I was thinking <laughs> you, you Max Payne. You thought we were talking about Max Payne? Because <laughs> you're, you're talking about the baby. Yeah. Oh, I thought you... BB. The Death you Stranding were, baby. You were talking about... De- we were talking about different games that entire time. I thought you were talking about the baby that... His his family that's murdered at the beginning of Max no. Payne. Uh, no, 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 no. I thought no, you were... No. <laughs> I thought you were... <laughs> talking about BB. No, G- I was talking about Max... Baby. Max Payne's dead family is who I was talking about. (laughs) And I was like, dang, Marcus. I don't think I want a skin for that baby. That level in the first Max Payne, we have to do that horrible maze. And every time you fall, you just hear the shriek of that baby. Yeah. Still haunts me. And also because that's just a bad level in general. (laughs) Well, who knew? Who knew Max Payne and Sam Porter Bridges had so much in common? Do they? I mean, babies. Sam, Sam Bridges is better at keeping his baby, his baby alive than Max Payne. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that's not on Max Payne, okay? He's he's doing his best. Mm. Yeah. I guess we'll see in, in Death Stranding 2, BB, yeah. BB's fate. Well, actually, isn't BB, like, grown now? Wasn't that in the trailer where, like, BB's like a toddler? That sounds right. Maybe making that up. I thought that was one of the things that made me go, oh, when I saw like the dish running too. I'm like, oh, look at little BB. It's a person now. <laughs> kind of. That's that's it's either a, a fever dream you had or for sure in the game. Imp- but, literally impossible to tell. <laughs> With that yeah. If only there was a way to look this up. Yeah. Yeah. If only. Uh, Marcus, what what else you been playing besides Starfield? Well, I finally started Armored Core. Oh, the sixth okay. edition, Fires of Rubicon. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh huh. And I will say, as someone that has never played an Armored Core game and also isn't really particularly into mech 
like mecha in general. I don't like dislike it. It's just not really anything I've ever gotten into. But I, I am a From Software fan, mainly of the Soul stuff. I am really liking Armored Core so far. Good. Yeah, I was excited to get into it. I've, I've heard some positive buzz just from people that have played it. And I've had people insisting that I give it a try because I, I put out there like, oh, it's in my backlog. And I've had people saying like, you should you should bump it up the queue. Move man. that up. Yeah. Uh, so I started over the weekend and I, I'm still early. I, I've done the first like I've done like probably like six or seven missions so far. Uh, but I'm I'm liking it. it it's um, I think one of the things I'm enjoying is that it's more I think I've always confused the series with Steel Battalion. Because Steel Battalion, the like hardcore one, right? Where you have to get the fancy controller and it's like really granular with like parts and whatever. But like, oh, you really got to build this mech out and spec out all these different parts. And I was like, oh, that just seems like too much work. I don't want to do all that. Whereas this like definitely has that, but it, it's more streamlined, I guess. And like video gamey in a way where I'm like, okay, this isn't intimidating. Like, you know, I, I see I've got these different guns and, and rocket launchers, but it's more about like, either making specialized builds or just trying things out. Like I've been forcing myself to try new weapons every time I get them to see what they do and, and try to formulate like, Oh, if I combine this handgun with this rail gun, I, I could really mess people up in a way that speaks to how I like to play games. But like between that and just the, uh, the moment, the moment action just feels really good. Like you feel cool all the time in that game, You do, which is what I like. Like you go into like an arena and you see like all the little idiot robots that think they can stop you. And you're like, I got something for that. I'm like, first, I got to reach you. So I'm going to jump and I'm going to like fly through the air like a really cool thing. You're like zipping over there. And then you like land and then slice someone apart with your laser sword. And then you're just like targeting three others and shooting your missiles. It all feels really easy to pull off and like fun. And I, it's clicking. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is what I like. I love stylish <laughs> action and like crazy action games, you know, like. I don't know, like Devil May Cry or, or stuff like that. And like, this isn't that, but it's it's hitting the same, like just notes of like fun chaos. You know, I, I, I was stuck on that helicopter boss for a bit, which, you know, classic from software is sort of like that boss is like the first like gut check of like, all right, this is your test, your first test of like the early skills. But I, I it was like necessary. It's like by the time I beat him and it only took like probably like four or five tries. But like I felt like I was ready for the game after that. I'm like, okay, now it's gelling. Because in the beginning, I was a little overwhelmed trying to figure out like, okay, how do I, how do I move fast? But like, I don't want to boost. How do I just run faster? And like managing your little energy meter and and all that stuff. But then after that fight, because you know that fight forces you to smartly use all that stuff and and manage the, your energy and weapons. I was like, okay, I, I think I I'm a I'm a good armored core pilot. I think I can get there. Um, and I'm also liking just the, um, like the mission structure. Like it's very easy game to just pop in and be like, I'm just going to do a couple missions and then play something else. You know, I, I like that. They're pretty brief, at least again, from what I played so far, but it also are. makes me excited to see the other, the other bosses. I've heard so much, you know, touted about like, man, there's some really good boss fights in this game. And, you know, again, have you done the strider yet? No. Okay. That's a, Is that that's a boss. A cool uh, it's like an encounter. It's one of the early ones. Okay, I don't, I don't believe so. I did. You would know. You would I did know. fight a student mech pilot, which was funny to me. Okay, yeah. Of like, I was yeah. like, does he have like a little bumper sticker or like a sign on his mech that says "student pilot"? Please. I felt bad taking him out. 
Uh, well, he beat me the first time, and he kind of bragged about it. So when I beat him, I didn't feel bad. <laughs> oh, I beat him first try, and it was just like, it's like I'm sorry. He had a line of dialogue where he's like, huh? I, I just beat an AC pilot, and it made me feel ashamed that I lost it as kid. Like, this, <laughs> this weird, like, pimple-faced teenager, probably. And then, so, like, the, the second time I annihilated him, I had to let him, I had to let him know how the, what the pecking order was there. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the game looks nice, too. Like, and I also, like, even though the environments are pretty gray, I, I went out of my way to to paint my mech in, like, the brightest colors. Like, it looks like a Fisher-Price toy, basically. And I, and I kind of like that because it, it just looks implausible for this universe that someone would paint their mech like that. Yeah. It's got this really bright red and blue and like some some white. And it just it looks like I, I'm like fresh off the assembly line, like just out the package. And I'm like, hey, guys, I want to shoot guns, too. Is that what we're doing? And then I, I kill all of them. And they're like, wow, we thought this guy was a joke because look at his rainbow mech. But he's he's not one to mess with. And I. I'm excited to get back in there and keep proving that I, I'm not the one to mess with, you know? Maybe kill some more student drivers. Who can say? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, there there are... Um, number one, Blake and I wrote the cover story on Armored Core earlier in the summer. And there are so many times in this game that I'm playing, and I'm like, why didn't they show us this? Like, Because we, you know, I don't know if famously is the right word, but like... We had some some folks that were upset with us for not being like, I think we were fair on the game and very balanced, but like it wasn't like a glowing you know piece, right? It's like, hey, it's doing some cool stuff. There's also some stuff we're worried about. Are you saying that you didn't like the game as much as they hoped that they're gonna like it? <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying, Marcus. Um, but I, I, I've been really the final release. I've been really excited because um, there's a lot of stuff that I really really like about it. There, I think I think there are some things like I still think could be improved. Like some of those missions, uh, early on at least, um, especially in chapter one, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Like I just loaded into a mission and and killed some dudes for like five minutes. Now I'm gone, and there was nothing really of note there. Right. Uh, but then the further you get, it's just like you just like load up a random mission, and you're in this huge set piece moment. Not even really. I mean. Sometimes not against a, against a boss fight, but like there was one mission. I won't like spoil it. I'll just say like if you've climbed the wall, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's just like this like really cool uh, like war front that you're rolling up into. It, that's what it feels like, right? Um, and everything's kind of clicking and firing on all cylinders, and you really have to rely on your mobility and your um, you really have to like spec your mech in the right way. Um, I like that. Like you said, it makes you feel, yeah, spec your mech. should be a t-shirt. Yeah. You're right, though, Marcus. The game excels at making you feel cool. Um, Like, when when you're, like, flowing from the assault boost into a uh, a melee strike with your your energy sword, and then you, like, dodge out of the way and, like, like shoot some other dudes with your vertical missile launcher, it, it all, like, when it's flowing together, it feels really good. Yeah. Like, I, I had a team where I took out an entire squad, and they were, like, shooting everything at me, but I was just, like, probably through luck, I was, like, dodging everything artfully while just, like, blowing them apart. I had the big bazooka gun on one of my yeah. arms, and I was just, like, staggering them or just blowing them apart outright, and then by the time the dust cleared, they hadn't, like, touched me at all. And I was like, yeah. I don't know how I didn't get hit during that, like, barrage, <laughs> but I feel really cool right now. It's It's anime. It's, yeah. it's really neat. 
uh, and I hear like it just continues from anecdotally. It sounds like it continues to like up the ante in those those encounters. Um, so I, I need to get back to that game. Uh, that's like at the top of my list um, to get back to, along with Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I know Blake finished <laughs> recently, and he's seemed pretty high on the way the game wraps up. That yeah, I've heard like the story as well. It just has some really interesting beats okay because i don't care about the story at all right now so and you like, won't but it, it'll there'll be some like recurring characters that you start to get to know okay at least that's my impression i mean i've like, never there, there's a there's a couple of other pilots that are in my the part that i'm in and i'm like okay we're either gonna be best friends or we're gonna become rivals and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens okay uh, yeah that kind of thing but bosses are fun so far i'm i'm at the end of chapter one and I have seen all but one of the bosses so far just from like preview beats. And so it was luckily I was like, okay, I'm like just kind of doing what I need to do to get through them. I beat the foundry dude. Is that, was that his name? The foundry, not the foundry. Uh, I don't remember. He's, he's like the, the first mid boss, big mid bossy fight. I beat him on the first try and I was like, let's go. But yeah, I'm excited. Excited. Yeah, have you played yet, Charles? I have not. I didn't. I didn't put my name in for a code, and it was one of those things where didn't put my name in. A few days passed, and I was like, should have put my name in. <laughs> so I haven't played it, but it seemed cool, and I support your enjoyment of it. <laughs> um, I would. Can I? Can I use this as a segue? I was gonna yeah. say I don't want I don't want to cut anyone off. I say I would play it if I wasn't spending so much time playing Baldur's Gate three. Oh, um, you playing on PS five? I am now. So I was gonna actually use this. Um, I didn't I didn't really talk about Starfield a whole lot, but I'm gonna talk about both of these games at the same time because to okay. me they're very they're very related in my brain. I really really like Baldur's Gate three, and I think it is at a point i don't know when you guys if you guys do this when you're playing the game throughout the year but like a thing will stick out to you and you're like that's probably my game of the year yeah um that's happened to me three times this year first it was jedi survivor i was like love this game so much can't imagine topping it and then zelda came out and i was like i mean yeah i'm so mad that i can't put jedi survivor at number one and now playing Baldur's gate 3 i'm like i am so mad i can't put zelda or uh, a jedi in my top number one spot because i think it's just this game that's where i'm at too and it's like and in in such a way that it's hard for me to play starfield because i think this has just changed the way i i want to interact with that type of like choice-based rpg and like the things that i think will be allowed or enabled by the game at all just aren't a thing so like in starfield um this isn't really spoilers but very early on in the game you join a group called constellation it's all about you know exploring the galaxy and it's a it's a thing that in baldur's gate 3 there are it would be phrased in such a way where like you wouldn't have to join constellation like it's you come out of the mines and it's like hey this guy showed up and he's like all right you can have my ship and you're gonna go join constellation and i wanted to click the option to be like i don't know you i don't want your ship and not even that like I was super interested in in shrugging off any story in the game, but it was a thing where I, as soon as I was playing the opening hours of Starfield, I became acutely aware of the fact that there were things I didn't really have a choice about, and it kind of bothered me. Um, I think even compared to other Bethesda games, like the conceit of Skyrim, where it's like, hey, 
you are the dragonborn. You have some mystical ability and it's going to inform your decisions. And you can ignore that, I guess, and go explore the world. But you're probably going to want to figure out like what that's about or like Fallout uh, 3 and 4. It's like, hey, where's your son? Or, hey, where's your dad? Like it's it's stuff that inherently as a character, no matter what like personality traits you're kind of imprinting onto them that they're gonna want to do and i felt like constellation isn't necessarily a thing that i think every character would want to do and i was kind of just like i guess i'm gonna go along with this but there's not if i'm not a like adventure seeking character which i don't think every character is there's not much of a reason for me to want to go along with it and so i'm kind of having to meet starfield on its terms as opposed to what i'm now like wanting to expect from that type of game of like all right, I won't be the character I kind of came up with when I was building this character and picking his options. I I was like a cyberneticist. I have like the parents perks where I'm like, all right, I was like a nervous cyberneticist, kind of awkward. I still send money to my parents. I'm like a mama's boy, whatever. (laughs) And now we're just going to kind of sheepishly make our way across the galaxy. And instead it's like, no, I have to go adventure and do these things. And that's fine. And that's what the game is. But I... I had to learn that that's not what to expect from it. Yeah. yeah. It's like when I booted up Starfield, I wanted there to be, of course I know that it's about exploring space, but I wanted, I wanted the adventure to be, you know, as low key or as high key as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Based on what I was role playing as. And you don't, you don't get that choice at all. Yeah. 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 And, and even further from that, there's a lot of stuff I guess to, to tie to tie, tie back to Baldur's Gate 3, I've been playing it on PS5. I played it, I was first playing it on my computer, and then I have a Steam Deck, so I've probably played like the vast majority of my playthrough on Steam Deck. And then you can use cloud saves, so I have it on PS5, and I'm playing it on that, which is definitely is, the most... There is cross-save between the two platforms? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, so I have my like 80-hour save file on the PS5 now, and it is glitchy. And I think there was like a funny, uh, like weird debate. There was, uh, I think a guy at IGN, he did a opinion post about how like a Baldur's Gate three is so polished that it's making other people stress out about their games. And that has a total controversy you can go follow, but it was an interesting thing because it's to me, I'm playing the game. Like I'm actually encountering a lot of like arguably game breaking glitches. Um, and PS five, I was hoping would be the most stable of it. And it, immediately there's a thing where certain if you're walking in like a city and there's all the dialogue around you for whatever reason it seems like certain like dialogues will cut out all the audio and i had it a few days before it like came out for deluxe uh uh, members so i was playing it and i was like oh i don't know how to fix the audio in this game and then eventually found out you can turn off 3d audio on the ps5 and it'll work but all that to say it performance is is like it runs well enough like the frame rate's stable and it's like uh uh, generating the areas better than like the steam deck did the load times are much faster but it's not like a bug-free experience on ps5 if that's what you're hoping for but despite that despite the fact that i have these like big technical issues with Baldur's gate 3 it still is so good to me that i am going out of my way to push that stuff aside and still like engage with it in a real way and starfield is just i don't know I wish I was playing Starfield six months ago and then to see how I felt about it then as opposed to having to compare it to Baldur's Gate 3, which I just like a lot. lot. It's funny. I'm in a, 
I'm, I am in that opposite mode where I have not touched Baldur's Gate 3. I have it for PS5. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, I may have already streamed it for GI. Um, but hearing everything about it, and also, again, playing other stuff that the, the, the choice-driven stuff feels a little more organic. Like, I mean, I think The Witcher 3 is still, like, one of my gold standards for, like, choice-driven stuff and, and like, side quests especially. Uh, where you're just like, I kind of miss that. You know, like it, things feel less robotic, I guess, mm-hmm. in those other games. So where I'm like, I'm almost afraid to play Baldur's Gate 3, not because I'll, I'll enjoy it, but it, I, like you said, Charles, like if I play this and then go back to Starfield, which I'm already playing for now, again, at the point that I'm in the game, is half of it is out of obligation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like I'm still waiting for it to truly get its hooks into me yeah um but like if i play Baldur's gate is it going to completely derail that <laughs> which i mean that would be fine again Baldur's gate is a great game and i have every intention of playing it for you know end of the year but it is that like oh this is probably going to like cannibalize this other game right because it feels <laughs> yeah, like yeah yeah and also as a D fan you're like oh i know what what i love about D, and i would love to see more of that in games and just hearing you guys' anecdotes about it, just other people. It's like, man, that all sounds super fun. I like that. I want to do yeah. some of that. And again, it's satisfying that uh, just that freedom and and to to tackle things as I want and having the game sort of accommodate that. That again, so far in Starfield, I haven't. It hasn't quite. It hasn't scratched that itch yet. Yeah, and it's another interesting thing about like comparing the two games is. Starfield is kind of, like, marketed as this big, like, exploration-based game of, like, you can explore the cosmos for yourself. Um, But as I've been playing it, I haven't really felt, like, incentivized to actually (laughs) explore all that much. Um, And the first, my my story about this is the maybe second time I was playing the game, I wasn't, like, crazy about it. I was, like, we're doing all the intro stuff. And then I kind of got past that, and I was still not really feeling it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to a planet. I'm going to pick a spot. I'm going to land there and I'm going to explore because I really missed like my favorite parts of like Fallout and Skyrim is like you're at point A, you need to get to point B. And then on the way there, I'm like, oh, here's a town or oh, here's a yeah, side. It's the, or, oh, like sidetracking of like, well, there's a cool dungeon here. I probably yes. wouldn't have seen if I didn't go down this road. What's in there? Exactly. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all sorts of stories. And in Starfield, because of like the weird fast travel space system that doesn't really exist in the same way. So I was like, I'm just going to pick a spot. I'm going to walk around. I had some fun and I found a like pirate camp on this planet. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I ended up like fighting the pirates. Another like Baldur's Gate 3 thing where I'm like, I kind of want to talk to these guys. I don't, I don't want to kill 30 people if I don't have to, but <laughs> it's not really how it works. Um, Got through, found this, like, chests, all all these chests inside, found this, like, big boss guy I killed. I found a spot where there was, like, a super high-level locked weapons case, and I was like, oh, I I don't have a high enough lock skill to get that, but then saw a guy that was, like, buried under some machinery in the corner, and he had dropped the key, and so I picked up the key and used to unlock the weapons. I was like, that was great. What a great adventuring experience. Fast forward 10 hours in the game, I'm doing a story mission, And one of the things in the story mission involves going to get an item from a pirate camp. And I landed there and it is the exact same base structure. It is the same exterior. It's in like a crater in the same way. Different planet? Different planet. um, But even down to the 
guy has fallen over key is in front of him locked weapon case in like the last room and the only difference is like at the very end there's like a room into like a mine and like to the to bethesda i'm not even saying that like you shouldn't reuse assets i think in a game of this size like i thought it was a really satisfying base design but just knowing that like sometimes exploring is gonna come back and there's not as much of a reason for it if it's gonna be like repeating structures or anything like that has discouraged me from doing that whereas Baldur's Gate 3 it'll be like there's a house in the city and I walk into there and somehow it's some huge interesting quest or there's like a dead body I can talk to or I just feel like I'm so rewarded for looking around in Baldur's Gate in a way that Starfield doesn't really or if it did in that case it's like quickly undermined in some way yeah I mean you don't even at least in Starfield like looking around is you don't even really have to look around to find stuff. Like, they'll, the game will just throw it at you. Right? Yeah. Like, you'll walk down the street and then it'll be like, you just overhear someone. Or sometimes I've had missions just get added that I didn't even hear about. Like, I was far <laughs> enough away to where, yeah. like, I caught, like, maybe a very faint, like, final few words of someone saying something. And then you get the update about, like, hey, you should go investigate so-and-so. And you're like, what the, what was even that? Like, I didn't even have the context for that. I, <laughs> I was just mm-hmm. out of earshot. Uh, so I, I don't even know what this is. Should I could do this? And you almost wish like I almost wish I because realistically I didn't hear enough to for me to want to do this. I wish I would yeah. maybe tighten that up where I would have to be closer to where like okay I did catch that. But again, it feels like the game is like shoving things at you. Like hey, go do this. This is here. It's you know whether you like it or not, you have this now, and it's it, like I said, it doesn't feel as organic as what you're describing of like i stepped into a room and i have stumbled upon a scene that i am now in and it's like you're like all right this is cool not that there have been a couple moments starfield that are similar to that like i've stepped into rooms and like oh my what a weird thing that's in here um but yeah that like what you're describing even just like that like that sounds infinitely more interesting (laughs) than yeah anything i've seen so far in starfield and like again like you said it obviously a game that massive like things are going to get reused but just hearing that you encounter the exact same sort of like discovery point of like oh high level chest don't can't get in what's the alternative and it's the same solution then that to me still feels a little egregious of like put the key somewhere else at least like don't do it the (laughs) exact same way put it on a table somewhere you know or, or anything else because like the move the dead body just like yeah or even do like give me a 180 flip so it's like <laughs> it's like a mirror mode on a mario kart course at least i'm going right <laughs> instead yeah. of left you know yeah because yeah. it's like it went from a thing of like oh this was a fun little thing that maybe a lot of people won't see to like oh no you, i found like the random version of this and then there's like a me i don't know if it was a main quest or not but like there was a yeah it was, yeah, it was a main quest oh okay so it's like you will you will do this if it's yeah. a story quest it's like we thought this was so cool that we want players to see it and but we also made it an optional version of the same thing yeah you know yeah. It, it's like ah and it's not and i guess i also want to say like it's not without its moments like i'm not i'm not completely not enjoying starfield i played like right before work today there was a fun quest where it was like i talked a guy into bringing me into like his vault his top secret vault and then once i got there it's like i the only way to get out was to steal the thing but i had walked through his entire facility and saw how many guys were out there 
So then it made like a fun reverse heist situation where I was instead of fighting my way into a base, I was fighting my way out of base. And I was like, that's super cool quest design. And it's not like that stuff doesn't exist. It's just I didn't. I don't know. Baldur's Gate is just like a new S tier and it's bumped every the whole scale down a whole tier level right. for me. Um I mean, I almost feel like that sometimes with uh, with Tears of the Kingdom, where it's like, you know, I've heard people say, like, I don't know how you make a Zelda game without building stuff going forward because of how much fun it is. And, like, I love the problem solving that comes with it because, like, Birth of the Wild was already, like, that was the game that introduced, like, more creative freedom with how you tackle things. And then Tears of the Kingdom just upped the ante even more. So you're, like, even just other open world games, like, just the idea of, like, yeah, I could I could just build some weird solution to this problem and the game just says okay like <laughs> you know like Fine. whatever you want to yeah. do go for it man and it's like i love that so much so where like again you play a similar game you're like oh, i kind of wish i could do something like that here and he's like i understand that not all games going to be like that it's fine like games can still be great doing like kind of staying in their lane i guess whatever right I, I guess maybe we're harping on Starfield because it had that promise. And, and Bethesda was also used to be the person you would look to for that type of thing. Yeah, they were the previous. Yeah, it's like know, we're chasing that high that we all felt when like Star Starfield, uh, Sky Skyrim came out of like that felt like a game playing it at launch of like it feels like anything's possible in this world. And yeah, them you know. Even though it wasn't true, the game did a great job of at least tricking you into thinking that it was. But we've had other games since then that, again, have taken that ball and run with it in their own way. And like Starfield kind of feeling maybe a little bit more antiquated in some ways. And and like it, it stands out more. I guess I feel like we're really picking on Starfield today <laughs> and, and I feel yeah. bad again. I, but I mean, I'm just being honest from what I played. I still plan on playing more Starfield. And again, I have my fun moments with it, um, but it's just such a it's come out at a very interesting time. You know, again, yeah. I mean, it comes the the PS5 version of Baldur's Gate comes out the same day as the full launch of Starfield. So, I mean, they are going head to head anyway. You know, and those comparisons going to be made more because now both audiences for both games have grown now on the same day. So, I mean, I'll be curious to see what we how we feel by like end of year when yeah we have beaten maybe have beaten both or one of them. But yeah, I I mean that's I'm trying to I'm playing Starfield. I'm going in trying to play it on its terms because like I, my yeah, expectation yeah. and my expectations going in Starfield were in check. Like I never had to like this is where everything is possible. It's just like. Eh, it's probably going to be a pretty good one of those in terms of like it's a Bethesda game in space. Again, there are things that are disappointing, mainly the space travel stuff. But then again, I've had moments of like, oh, okay, this is, I'm having fun right now in this cool looking city or this weird little mission or like you mentioned, Alex, the gunplay is like fun enough and whatever. I, I'm still just finding like, I, I'm still finding that groove that I want to hit that I hit with their other titles, their past titles, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping maybe I find that in the base building, uh, because I was one of the sickos that liked Fallout 4's base building, um, and I haven't I haven't reached that point in Starfield yet. So that could really you know if they've improved that system, if they've kind of added more incentive to do that, uh, and made it more dynamic in terms of being rated and stuff. Because I spent 
20 easily like 25 hours in fallout building a base never got attacked once so wait you're saying you never got attacked in fallout 4 nope because i got attacked all the time which is one thing that frustrated me of like i it didn't matter how many defenses i put up i would get the garvey guy that runs up and is like whoa bro we're getting we're getting swarmed you got to come back and it's like i just put like new turrets and everything around can you guys not do anything yourselves <laughs> like it felt like i was frustrated because it felt like nothing i did actually mattered it's like oh i'm gonna get raided at the same frequency no matter what i could have a i could hang the corpses of all the people that tried outside as warnings <laughs> and they're still gonna roll up and try and try to take over <laughs> yeah my main my main building or my main uh whatever that sanctuary right yeah that's what it's called yeah. yeah that's where i had my main base <clears throat> excuse me and i had other little like settlements that would get raided here and there like just little ones but never the one that i built up to be this this fortress of like mm. i just wanted to have a fight there you know i was ready mm. yeah um, i got tired of fights so i was like okay this is happening too frequently so i'm gonna put like top of the line weapons everywhere so i hope that would deter but I guess they're either brave or stupid. The Raiders, they keep trying. <laughs> you thought deterrent would deter it? Uh, that's some fun. That's, that, was, that was fun, right? Some good words, spitting bars. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to talk about anything else before we start to wrap up? Tears of the Kingdom? Oh, yeah. Like uh, Tears yeah. of the Kingdom. I'm playing a lot yeah, where, more. Where are you in the game? So I have the Master Sword. I don't yet. I will say oh. the, the, the sequence of getting the Master Sword and everything around it narratively might be the most emotional i've been in a zelda game in a while where i was like okay i didn't expect this but i i like this a lot and i was like kind of floored by it a little bit <laughs> I, I think it's a top moment of the year personally definitely definitely it, it's 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 really something um but yeah i got the master sword i got all the glyphs i i finished the phenomenon stuff and i've been doing a lot of trying to finish the more kind of like bigger quests like I have three of the four fairy fountains unlocked. Gotcha. I got all but one of the the journalist missions with Pen doing nose. I want that froggy suit, and I've got yeah, I've got parts of it. I just need the rest of it. And yeah, I think I I don't know if I've saved most of the shrines, but I definitely have a lot of them. <laughs> and I've explored like probably half of the the depths at this point. Like my my energy bar is pretty big for for the Zonai stuff. And I also have a lot of hearts. I'm feeling pretty good. I just kind of want to upgrade. Like, I want to get that last fairy fountain and kind of upgrade all my gear all the way. And, and just doing, like, little things here and there. But I'm I'm basically trying to set myself up to try to finish. I would like to have Zelda finish this month. Like, I'm trying to get stuff cleared out before October. Mm, yeah, you know? that's smart. So, like, I'm kind of focusing on mainlining it through Zelda for a bit while still, like, not sacrificing just the sheer... Like I mentioned before, how much fun it is just to walk around and be like, oh, I just found something. Okay, what's yeah. what's this? Or I met like a weird person. I mean, how who else, how else am I going to keep putting up the supporting those stupid Hudson signs? True, dude. You know? No one's going to know about Hudson if you're not there. I mean, I, I actually genuinely do enjoy those little puzzles. Like I, when I see Addison, I'm like, oh, I, I beeline it to him. Like I'm going to help this idiot out. Cause he, he I do wish there were more depth in those. Because once you do it, once you've done them all. Oh, no, there's some... There's some tricky ones. Oh wait, that's that's never mind. Yeah, I've done one in the snow. Yeah, yeah, I've done the snow one. Yeah, the terrain does change it a lot. Sometimes. And the sign changes too, where you'll see yeah. it's like got weird slots or it's like wider or thinner, like where you're like, okay, I have to put and wait, sometimes really? I've, oh yeah. I feel like I've done like twenty of them at least and I haven't 
Oh, I've done same. a bunch where the, the signs sign definitely change. Yeah, changes. Oh. And I, I remember I had one where there weren't even like readily available materials. Like I had to chop trees to yeah. make stuff. Like there was That's nothing cool. around. And I like that one. Huh. Like, yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe you've just stumbled across the Man, more like yeah. basic ones. But I've come across a ton that were like I really yeah. had to think outside the box. I do hope in the sequel. Uh, to the sequel to Tears to Breath of the Wild. Oh boy! You'll be able to like help them build little houses and stuff. I think that that'd mm. be really fun. I mean, you certainly could do that now. You can. They got all those building materials laying around. Like you could turn those into a house. Yeah, but I want I want like the incentive, right? Yeah. I want him to. But they did that in the first say, game with Terrytown. Like you. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this game builds upon that of like, hey, remember the town you helped build? Now they're up and running. I've been doing stuff. all that stuff. I I guess I meant like get the signpost, uh, dude. Yeah. I hope he gets a promotion in the next game because his devotion should be rewarded. Yeah. Even though yeah. he's really terrible at like putting up signs, it was like this really isn't that hard, bro. <laughs> I do like narratively. I noticed this recently because I found him in like a snow area, and I like that his dialogue changed where he, he justifies being there. Where he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I ate like a spicy dish, so I'm not cold." Yeah, because mm. I barely wear anything. So, in case you're wondering, like, well, how is he even physically alive right now? They throw in like, I just appreciate that little detail. <laughs> and then he gives you the food when you help him. It's like, hey, you have some. He's really good at those rice balls. It's like his go-to dish. The last time I played Tears of the Kingdom was probably uh, it was in July um, or early August, something like that. I did a charity stream. I was part of the Acts of the Blood God Trans oh, yeah. Lifeline charity stream, and Eric Van Allen and I battled one on one to see who could get the most Koroks into the top of Death Mountain. Wow! Uh, without using, uh, without attaching them to things, mm-hmm. and. Number one, that just like made me. I had kind of like taken a break from the game, and that kind of pulled me back in. And I was like, "This game is really special that we're even having this competition." <laughs> and it, it definitely like really made me want to finish that game. Uh, so I've been slowly working on it too. I've got three. I am halfway through the Thunder Dungeon or the Sand Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I and then I have to do part of the Fire one. Because because of the event that we did, I had to like stop what I was doing right. and go uh, and yeah. unlock the fire stuff because I had to do the Death Mountain stuff. So I'm I'm eager to keep playing that. Yeah, we we did the the spoiler cast, and I think we voted the or I voted the the lightning one as my favorite temple in the game. Um, I like it I, a lot, but I really like the wind boss. That was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because I I almost never use the lightning power you get for it. Like, of all the yeah. summoning abilities, like, the one I always, I mean, I use Tulin almost all the time. Oh, yeah. Because that's just so useful, and, like, you know, you glide a lot. And then I also use Goron Guide, because when you go underground, it just saves you bombs and, and rock hammers to just throw him at stuff. Uh, Zora Guy, who I, I did the Zora one last, so I just haven't had enough time with him. But there hasn't been really a use case for that yet. And, like, literally this weekend when I was playing, I had to remind myself, like, oh, yeah. I never used the the Gerudo power. Like, how come I, <laughs> w- w- I I forgot that I had this? What what should I use this for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like the the powers where you have to go up and talk to the person, just makes yeah. it way more of a hassle. Oh, like they when they're like with the... you for the dungeon, until yeah. you can just have their thing. Well, I mean, like even once you've completed the dungeon, like you still like with Toolin or whatever, like it just prompts you: Do you want to gust when you're flying? Yes or no? Pretty much. 
and you just do it versus like Prince Sidon. You have to like walk up and talk to him in the middle of a battle to have him shield you. You kind of wish that, that button just prompt was always on screen. Just yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't feel right otherwise. And so I find myself not using it as often as it's like I wouldn't have summoned you here for anything else. I'm not here to talk to you. Yeah, give me that shield, baby. Yeah, like do your do the one thing you're good at. <laughs> Even yeah. in, in Breath of the Wild, the champion abilities were like hold jump. Yeah, and yeah. And then the thing will happen, or hold the, the attack button. Attack button. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did think the water temple yeah. was pretty cool. It was a yeah. I loved that. I one. liked the structure of it. I'm like, hey, this is not what I expected this would be. I took that boss out with a. I made a giant um, battle car that had fire hydrants on both sides, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how I took out that the mud boss. That's pretty that smart. Yeah, that's not how I did yeah. that, but that's a good idea. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that game's great. That's God. What a year! What a year, dude. I mean, it's not even done. We still have like, I mean, like I said, mentioned before, like October still has so much stuff. Stuff getting delayed. You saw uh, Alone in the Dark got delayed to next year, and oh. the, their reason literally is we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to go up against the stuff there. Like that was their candid. Like, Honestly, that's smart. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now it's like January, which is like okay. Like, hey, man, I like that they're not BSing it. They're like. Like that was reason number one, and then reason number two was like, and I guess we can work on the game. We can more. Polish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want part of that. Why? Yeah, exactly. No reason. Delay it by two months, and you have instantly way more visibility as a game. Yeah, yeah. But man, I'm. It, it, like I said, I've said this before. Like, it's the happiest problem to have to be like, I have all <laughs> these games I'm drowning in. I've been playing a lot more Final Fantasy. I still have to finish that, but I've been mainlining that too lately, and that still continues to be a delight. Love that game. Uh, and then just between and stuff that I have to go back to that came out, you know, prior that yeah, you know, I would like to touch that. Like just thinking about all that, and like there's like the stress of like, how the hell am I going to do all that? But then it's like. Ah eating good baby (laughs) yeah it's like i got hot food coming and then i got some nice leftovers too i'm i'm like committing i'm like i don't think i can play alan wake 2 because there's so many things going on and i also haven't played alan wake 1 and i'm just like sometimes you have to be like i'm not gonna play this game that's fine a lot of people on staff are gonna play it it's not gonna be end of the world but it's also like okay but then if that's the one game i'm out playing assassin's creed spider-man sonic mario like those four are like that's that's so much that's so much stuff i don't even know i don't know i I was talking about how it's sad to keep knocking stuff out of my number one spot i'm a really big spider-man fan i have two spider-man posters in the shot with me as i right now yeah i can't i i literally had dreams about i don't know if i had dreams before miles morales came out but i've had dreams about spider-man one and spider-man two like playing the game yeah i had it well i had a dream uh, i'm usually web swinging in them but I, I was so excited for the web swinging in the Spider-Man 2018 that that was like a recurring dream of mine. And that, that was the reason I ended up getting a PS4. Good web swinging. Great web swinging. The yeah. best. Yeah, phenomenal. And now there's going to be wingsuits? Yeah, that was like pretty fun. Put Putting the wing into web swing. Yeah, use the, those armpit webs for something. Yeah, I've just been, I just have those, you know, as a person. <laughs> like, you just haven't dusted under there in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got cobwebs. I mean, if that's what happens, I, I won't do any maintenance. If I can just get, like, some natural webs and then I can jump off a roof and wings fly around. Uh, <laughs> who needs deodorant when you can fly around, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've reached the end, fellas. 
of the podcast. That, that's the opening riff from The End by The Doors. I don't know that song. Eh, you, you've heard it. I probably do. I probably do. You've yeah. seen Apocalypse Now. Probably yeah. Heard. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow these guys here on social media. You can follow Charles at ChuckDuck365. You can follow Marcus at MarcusStewart7. You can follow me, Alex. I'm at It's Van Aiken. Uh, don't forget to go and follow Game Informer on TikTok and, and X and Instagram and all the places now. Um, importantly, Blue Sky as well. That's kind of where I'm, I think I've settled for the most part. That yeah. I'm still on Twitter. But, we're, on, uh, we're on threads too, right? We're on threads. Yeah, we are. Uh, Game Informer is. Personally, I hardly use it. But Game Informer, I think, actively posts on it. So if you're looking for for coverage of your favorite games, we're, we're there. You just got to go and find us and, and hit that follow button. Uh, if you want to join our community Discord, all you have to do is go to twitch.tv slash Game Informer and subscribe one time. That gets you access to the official Game Informer community Discord. And, uh, you know, we, we have all sorts of conversations in there throughout the week in terms uh, we also have um, you can ask questions on our various shows. You can be, we have a feedback section in the magazine that it isn't officially like guaranteed that you're going to be in the magazine if you ask a question there. But like we check there a lot um, throughout the month when we're making the magazine and answer questions that readers have. And a lot of times it does get put in the magazine. So great place to do that. Uh, of course, go and listen to All Things Nintendo, which is our Nintendo podcast hosted by Brian Shea. Shout out to our podcast editor, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. You can go and follow their podcasts, Fun and Games, which is a general gaming chat podcast, and then a Bioware-specific podcast called the Reignite Podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for the show this week. Thank you again, everybody. We will see you next Thursday. Bye.